Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Collective Podcast. This is a place where we discuss people, ideas, marketing, technology, and anything else that feels right. I'm Sasha Wusu, Account Director for the TED Department here at Mediacom. Hello, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at uh, Soon to Be Essence Mediacom. Right. Sasha, you too. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and our guest joining us today is Sam Learmonth. How are you, Sam? I'm good, thanks. I'm uh, And I'm the Global Art Director of uh creative systems in uh in essence mediacom yeah sam started helping out with mock-ups for new business pitches working as the joint head of mediacom create 20 years later he is the global art director in creative systems here at essence mediacom across everything logo design website design signage and all-round wonderful business creative um sam it is great to have you on the podcast uh welcome how has the last year been for you uh not only on a personal level but also within the workspace so uh so this year i mean uh, i'm actually coming back much uh coming back into the office much more now um partly because i've got i work on a very large imac system that isn't uh flexible or or um portable really so wherever Wherever that is, that's where I'm, mm. I have to do 80% of my work. So, so it's been back in the. I'm I'm back in the office. I'm here on Mondays and Fridays sometimes when it's completely empty. And it, to tell the truth, it's feeling like we're still in the process of adapting. Uh, I think, and I, and I think actually to a certain extent, I think we're getting our head around that we're actually adapting to have to constantly adapt. Really, um, it, so uh th- that's what that's what it's kind of felt emotionally like work-wise um i obviously work in creative systems and it's the fastest growing department in mediacom soon to be essence mediacom and uh and that's really exciting and there were we're always doing kind of sort of um stuff that actually kind of slightly pushes on the boundaries of what mediacom has traditionally done as well uh, and so that's always there's always these sort of really interesting challenges there, and I kind of uh, so as you said, I I started off basically did, I, my title when I first started in sort of the early 2000s was head of realization, and I <laughs> and I worked with I worked with a guy who is Matt Me who is head of freshness, which made him sound like he worked in the Sainsbury's produce counter, and I worked with another guy called Sean Healy, um, called uh, who was head of future, which makes him sound like he's going to be the next Time Lord, and uh, it was a great department uh, for me to start wor- can I, working. Can I just say sorry because I think all yes. of those titles might have actually been my fault. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so so sorry. Well, I don't. I mean, you know, it's like it, it, it is like as I said, it was the early two thousands. You know, we're also wearing baggy jeans, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's you know, you have to, you have to, you have to say it was a different time. It was standard, um, wasn't it? Yeah, and so I sort of I came in and I was doing, I was helping the company, kind of doing. It was it was in some ways mock up, but it was basically giving them an aesthetic. Or, or a design um, side because there was when I first started it's quite interesting at the moment because both my Macs have just died and and uh, I've, I've been getting IT to fix it and I realized that actually when I first started 20 years ago I was the only person in the company who had a Mac and that had a lot of challenges but it also it also showed where we were mm. and where we had space 
uh, for creativity. And I think to a certain extent, so you might argue with this, but there was an element of um, there was, you know, there was the, the idea of media and creative kind of in, you know, this kind of constant sort of slightly uh, kind of embracing wrestle was was a kind of a big one at the time. And to a certain extent, I think there was a kind of suspicion of some of the stuff that I was sort of bringing. That's why there were up until that point, there wasn't really anybody who was actually looking after the design or communication side. Really, we had one person who was a an XPA who'd been moved into design and she just kept on trying to do it on her PC um, because she didn't really like Macs either. So uh, I started there and then we were doing we were doing sort of mock ups of people's ideas, not just in new business, but just like whenever you you had an idea, and you had to kind of show um, show the client. It just made it so much easier for them to make that cognitive leap if you actually showed them what it could look like. And uh, they were taking stuff on. But then when they were passing it on to ad agencies or creative or design agencies, they were coming back and saying, we just don't really like what what they've interpreted what you then we much prefer what you actually originally started with so then we did see the opportunity for actually starting your own creative department within media so you know it's going like a little bit of a 180 from what it used to be where you had creative agencies with a small media department we were a big media agency with a small creative department which was useful for some clients because it kind of changed the emphasis from it being uh, the smoke and mirrors that creative agencies would do. And we were sort of bursting that and being much more pragmatic. And for some agents, for some clients, it really worked. And for some uh, clients, you can see that they actually, that was part of what they were buying into was the smoke and mirrors that creative agencies are really good at doing. And actually us kind of taking away, it's a bit like when you take away the mystique of designer clothing, then it actually kind of, uh, you know, it actually ruins people's trust in it to a certain extent. So I was doing that for a while and we were um, doing lots of stuff in digital and I was doing lots of analogue creative doing. But then I sort of realised that actually it wasn't growing. My side of stuff wasn't really growing. I wasn't making that much of a difference. And I was doing stuff with the marketing department and I realised I could make so much more of a difference just talking about the way we talk and changing that. So I went onto that, that side, back onto that side. And then I've come back into, I came back into creative systems initially to talk about actually building up our creative content again. So it's been, I've been yo-yoing backwards and forwards between client facing creative and internal communications, basically the last 20 years. Uh, and now more than ever, I find actually it's a kind of everything I'm doing is a, just a kind of mixture of all of those things, you know. And I, and I think, look, I think because I mean, Sam, you and I have worked together since since the beginning. And I think it's fair to say that one of the things that led to the growth of the company was this differentiation that we actually thought and talked about creativity mm. in a completely different way. Mm. But also that some of the marketing that you were involved in was outstanding um, and you know I, it still remains to be some of the kind of best work that I think we've we've ever done to market ourselves but also for those people who don't know um, the named rooms 
that's sans design so when you go in and and you sit in um uh, leonardo what you're looking at is something that sans designed and 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 you know sam sam is absolutely out there as one of the best applied you know exponents of creativity that 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 i that i know um clearly you've had this sort of slightly weird experience of not fully going down a kind of creative route and working mm. in the company that you know yeah. has as its main job selling creative services yeah um, and just to just to do a little bit of of storytelling about how that came about how did you find yourself in in mediacom rather than you know where perhaps your kind of training might have taken you well, it's it's funny because it, it's uh, thank you for all those kind words. I didn't want to interrupt. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I was working as a designer and uh, um, running a, a design team in publishing, but I was also doing freelance stuff for um, in in more kind of ad in more ad side the ad side of things. And what happened was, is I was tapped up to. Um, to add some sort of creative ideas and maybe even do some storyboards and and um, s- stuff like that. And actually, what's really interesting, it's a really one of the things. Sometimes, uh, you know, we've got a big network now of of creatives uh, around the world. And sometimes, when they speak to me, they find it difficult that actually they're in an agency, they're in an organisation where they're a little bit peripheral. And sometimes they can mm. sort of feel almost like they feel a bit of an appendix, you know, or something like that. And um, my take is that actually, if you're in a creative agency, uh, the, the truth of it is, is there's lots of people with talent out there. And the people that rise in places like creative agencies, where there's an enormous amount of internal competition are the people who are very good at politics. So actually, you could be your main function could be producing your you, what you could be doing is you could be creating something that's the main function of your organization but then you'd be dealing with the politics of people who are kind of mediocre creators but really really good at that whole office should we say, politics. Should we say sometimes not always. sometimes not always <laughs> but yeah and actually one of the things is one of the one of the things about when you produce a side uh, product of the main the main function of an agency is that you can actually really make a difference you can really be punching above your weight and uh, but the uh, the trouble is is in terms of legacy you might not have so much to show if that's important to you and also sometimes you can feel a little bit uh, lonely and also there isn't necessarily um, the same uh, mapped out kind of uh, route of progression like there is say if you're a strategist or or a planner or, or, or a buyer or something like that um, you know but that's you know everything's uh, you know everything's got a balance hasn't it everything's got a trade-off You've obviously been here for 20 years, um, and like Sue said, you've both known each other from the beginning. So if there's anyone that knows about the culture of Mediacom and our SS Mediacom, it would be both both yourselves. Um, What exactly does it mean to belong within the workplace? Uh, And just how important is that to you? 
uh, well, it's really important. I mean, to, right, so I'm just going to talk personally about um, belonging. And uh, I think ultimately um, what's really important with, what's really important to make you feel like you belong is actually finding your people uh, on some level. You know, and that could be people doing the same kind of function as you. They might be different kinds of people, but they're doing the same function as you or, or just people coming from the same place culturally as you or that you just um, queue with. And sometimes that won't happen, especially when you're in period of transition where you're kind of growing or, or you've got a, a slight monoculture sometimes in certain areas. And I think there's so there's three things. There's I think. Uh, finding your people is the is the, the main thing. One of the things that can be is if you're if the people around you feel that you belong, because obviously it's a relationship and it needs to be if people. So people can feel that you belong and you may not internally feel that you do because you feel like you're not bringing your true self to work or you can feel like you belong and you don't realize that those people kind of only regard you as a half member and all of those things are um if you can have some of those things you can survive if you can have all three you can thrive and it's it's quite interesting because when i did a, a i helped on a video we did about microaggressions and what what it made me realize about microaggressions is microaggressions are things that make you feel other make things that remind you that actually you thought that you were a fully fledged part of a group and you suddenly realize oh, I'm actually perceived as slightly other. And I think um, sometimes you can't help feeling other, you know, pragmatically. I mean, I, I do a job that actually hardly anybody else does. And to a certain extent, I have a certain personality that especially when I first started 20 years ago, we were very over indexing on driver driver personalities. And uh, and you can't do anything about sometimes feeling other apart from the fact that actually if people can just make you feel as also that you actually have a purpose and a function that's valued. And that that can be all of those things are kind of things that can help you hobble along about feeling like you belong. But ultimately, you kind of need the whole thing to feel like you belong. You need to feel that you supply a function that's valuable and is valued. You need to have people around you that you that you feel like you're there, your people. You need to feel that you're you belong and you and the people around you need to feel that you belong because their behaviour otherwise will be constantly eroding that feeling. So that's what I think. I think that's now that answer. Both nodding along vigorously. <laughs> Um, okay, so we are towards the end of um, 2022. I mean, mm. midway through November. Okay. So, if you think about the 12 months coming up, and obviously big changes happening mm -hmm. in terms of Essence mm -hmm. MediaCom mm -hmm. new birth, um, mm -hmm. what do you hope to have achieved by the end of next year? Oh, I don't know. Is the, <laughs> is the honest answer? I think what I short want, answer, right? I actually, <laughs> in, in a funny sort of way, I'm really, really comfortable with not actually having a clear thing that I want to, because actually, what um, what I want to achieve, because 
I think things are that open that actually even in six months, I'm hoping that I'm trying to achieve something different to what I'm trying to achieve now. What I'm thinking now is I really want to make a difference to the way we communicate and I want to make a difference um, via creative systems. And I think arguably, I think creative systems is going to become much more important and actually help guide our ethos for working generally. And I'm hoping to actually influence the agency. That's always that's always the that's the big that that's the big prize really in influencing the way we think and communicate or the way we think about communicating as well. So that's ultimately what I would like to be doing, uh, what like to happen. But who knows? In a year's time, maybe could it be even a bigger prize? You know, where we where we fundamentally shift um we fundamentally shift what we think the 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 uh, goalposts of what we could be are. Mm. so it's uh, so Big it's goal. not just that i haven't thought about it Big dreams. <laughs> <laughs> moving on to some of our more personal questions sam what is your favorite line from a poem a song or a book right so i i don't really have so I've got I've 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 got to have a little bit of a cheat sheet here. I don't really have much of uh, I can't really think of a lyric, but I used to do this thing on the um, that we called when we, we used to be called MBA. I called it MBA on a roll, and it was a roll of paper mm. that we had down, and you just put put up little thoughts, aphorisms, you know, um, and uh, I used to sort of put up things that I really liked there. And uh, so there's uh, one of the there's a quote by Linus Pauling, which is the best way to have a good idea is to have lots of ideas. I quite like that. And um, and also just that um, everything's everything's a phase, even the good bits. I think that's uh, something that I kind of it's uh, especially, you know, especially you know, nowadays when we're um, so much more about constantly relearning stuff it's useful that's a kind of a useful um way to approach things really because we're gonna, we're gonna make you pick one of those you can only have one. right uh uh le- right so it's going to be learning no no it's going to be stephen hawkins intelligence is the ability to adapt to change that's that's going to be my that's going to be my quote okay sam if you were a genie what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? Right. OK, so uh, I think my glasses, I've got the no, thing. Well, that's of, not commonly available. Very, very strict. Well, not if they're prescription. I mean, I can I can get I can get one of those pairs of glasses that you can get from Boots and. Yeah. All right. So, well, all right. So are you short-sighted, if, long-sighted? Okay. Like, no, no, no. no. So, well, I mean, obviously, I can't see a thing without this. But right. even if I, even if I was forced to have an eye operation, I'd oh. still wear glasses now mm. because okay. they formed part of my face. Okay. And I've got this kind of, I've got that thing of a bald bloke with glasses where we all look the same. And, uh, you know, and the thing is, is the glasses add the most interest in my face now. If I take this off, I just you might as well just draw me with a couple of eyes on a paper plate. 
that's what I look like. All right, so, so you're just saying pop into uh, a pharmacy, pick up a pair of glasses. Any, any okay. glasses. Right, right, right. Yeah, any glasses, because right. I need glasses to actually give some anchoring on this kind of shifting nothing <laughs> that passes for a visage. Uh, and uh, so I love a good pen. Really, a really good love pen, a good pen. pen. And yeah. I find a good pen... If you get the wrong pen when you're trying to have a certain type of idea, yeah. you can get too pernickety because it's too fine and spidery mm -hmm. or it can be too broad. So actually, it's kind of medium is the message thing. If you have a really good pen, the ideas somehow it's like a portal yeah. to your brain. It helps the ideas flow. OK, okay. So are uh, we talking ink pen or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Depending ink, on it. Okay. It is. Let the. Okay. Let the uh, let the weapon suit the uh, the attack. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Generally, this is that. So this is a. I've got in my hand a Uniball Air, and okay. that that's my that's my really cheap. But that's your go-to pen. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. my good go-to pen. And sweets. I'd have lots of sweets. Of course. I mean, uh, if you hadn't have said this, I would have called you on it <laughs> because I I used to uh, honestly I used to sit. I mean, way back in the early two thousands, I sat quite near to Sam. And I basically couldn't look at him because he was eating sweets all day. <laughs> and uh, I cannot. She was that disgusted. And quite how you do it. No, it wasn't. It was disgusting. It was kind of like, it was just so like kind of addictive um, for me. Any, and any, I kind any of like, can't eat sweets. So. Uh, just uh, actually part of it is I use, I use sweets. You know, when I used to have a team, this sounds terribly kind of uh, cynical, but sweets are the best bang for buck. Uh, in terms of morale when everybody's working really really hard yeah. just giving them sort of, you know so what will happen is I'd go out and I'd pay I don't know buy six pounds worth of chocolate and everybody would be blown away by how generous that was if I turned up with a pint of lager and eight <laughs> straws nobody'd be going oh that's amazing it's thank great you return on investment oh. Gosh. Yeah, I, so I, it's, I think it's fair to say that if anyone ever feels peckish, if they swing by yeah. Sam's area mm, on the mm. fifth, you will not go away empty handed. So, yeah. OK, big, yeah. big, big bag of sweets. Uh, yes. Uh, a Mac. I mean, one of the things yeah. that because both my Macs broke recently, I realised how I was just completely I was, the, you know, I think of myself as a complete human being, but I'm obviously not because I need this kind of great big lump of metal that gives me access to stuff and design uh, uh and I, I suppose the final thing would be a good design book because i'm a big believer mm. in um if you want to stretch your ideas and everything you need to constantly see how other people are stretching their ideas just to remind yeah. you that you can actually go a little bit further than you're you know we're constant are everything's constantly shrinking in the way that we think and uh, you know, it's almost like we're always kind of freezing up and you have to constantly move and be flexible, both mentally and physical, uh, physically. And, it, it, and sometimes actually seeing what other people can do is a really good reminder that you have to, you know, set your set your boundaries a little bit wider than these kind of shrinking fences that you have. So Love it. it's those five things. Strong. OK, um, I think I'm pretty sure what people would say is your single best skill, but what do you believe is your single best skill? So I, to tell the truth, I think my single most useful skill, I kind of understand communications and design, but also 
I'm able to articulate it. And uh, the uh, George Lois was kind of saying, you know, uh, Edison said that, you know, success is sort of, uh, 90% application, 10% inspiration. He was saying actually what it is, is it's 90% application. Uh, uh, he said it was kind of 9% application, 1% inspiration and 90% persuasion. I think it's, I think unless you're able to really, really um, disseminate and deconstruct design, understand it and talk it through, it's really hard because everybody's got to take, everybody's got a sense of um, uh, uh, design and their own aesthetics. And unless you can actually demonstrate that it's not, you haven't just made this thing, but you understand the way these things work, better than the person you're talking to they will always want to use what they feel intuitively is right so actually i think my single most useful skill is being able to understand design but also articulate why things work so it's just having that language beautifully precise answer um so what would you practice more if you had the time and space yeah so it probably wouldn't be a work thing because as we get more and more digital and less and less analog and more virtual uh, you know the thing that you originally get into for this is that little kid thing where you are um creating stuff with your hands i for me personally as a mm. creative there's two things and it's one you're doing the thing and the other thing is you come in with the drawing of santa made out of macaroni painted gold mm. and your mum says that's wonderful and puts it on the fridge. Yeah. So I know it's a really, it's a terrible, insecure thing to admit, but actually um, other, the validation from when people accept your creativity is an important, really important part of creativity. Yeah, and then there's also the, the, the fact that you feel you've got the right to change the world. You've, you feel that, you know, the act of creativity is about saying, actually, I think what I'm going to do is good enough that I'm going to show it to people and you need a little bit of so um what i would what i would probably do is i would probably do uh i'd probably do something kind of sculptory or oil painting something really analog oh, wow. and, yeah cool yeah well <laughs> um sam where in the world real or fiction would you like to live and why um i am used to guessing these and i have no i was gonna clue, say i bet you've got no clue um i'm i'm, I'm you're right I'm something done i've got something down and okay, uh, okay. i'll let you go for it and i'll let okay. you know at the end what i'll put down all right uh so the the trouble is is um right i i kind of love i i kind of love the uk but the uk has turned into a rolling dumpster fire for the last 10 years. And so if I actually kind of said, well, kind of mid, you know, 2000, mid 2005s, then inexorably we'll be drawn into having to experience the last 10 years again, which would be terrible. Um, if I had a sort of, if I had a kind of groundhog day of just a, experiencing the same day every day, it would probably be something um, early 2000s. Um, if it was an era, I'd probably do Paris in the 20s, just because I think it'd be quite cool. There was a great creative energy around there. 
maybe Austria pre-First World War, because again, they they had some really interesting stuff happening there. Maybe Berlin in the 30s. So it's those times when actually there was a lot of change happening, and but but creativity was coming through, or New York in the 60s. Now, the interesting thing is, is come on, let's see. All right, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was that yeah, was Sasha's guest. Sasha's guest was New York. Sasha guest at New York. Uh, I'm so, taking that one. <laughs> I think I think you uh, at, at a club with Andy Warhol. I would like to have seen that. <laughs> I'd have borrowed his wigs, <laughs> but then I'd have really looked like a bald bloke with glasses, uh, just um, like him. Right now, finally, the question you cannot prepare for. Ooh. I have uh, picked out three cards from the questions from the School of Life. I'll shuffle them. I'll shuffle them. And now I will hold them up and I will call them A, B or C. Which would you like? A. Great. Okay. This says, what people call laziness is most often just fear. Have you appeared to the world like you've been lazy about something when actually you are just scared? Uh, Yeah. 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 Tough one, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't think I've appeared lazy. I think I've appeared slow or indecisive. Yeah. And um, and part of it, part of it, me being perceived as slow before was just that nobody really got how long my my stuff took to do mm. because everybody worked on a different thing. And and I and I and I suppose. uh, uh indecide I was more kind of you know sometimes it was actually indecisiveness and sometimes it was me just trying to gather as much as I knew before I did the leap um because there's some stuff especially that you can't kind of remake as you go really uh but yeah so I I I think um uh I think actually that was one of the one of the things that held me back in the first kind of maybe 10 years of being here is that actually there wasn't, you know, sometimes there didn't seem to be as fast a progress as we'd have liked, just because it was, you know, uh, the the issue is, is every single decision you ever make takes you away from any other decisions you could be making. Mm -hmm. So any direction you make, you're moving away from any other opportunities. So sometimes it's very easy to feel that you're actually in the nexus of opportunity Mm -hmm. by doing nothing. Yeah. So that's but I've moved on from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a great pleasure and a long awaited oh, long awaited mm-hmm. Thanks so, so much for coming on the podcast and I hope to speak to you again very soon. And yeah. you know where to go for sweets, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Come up to the fifth floor, I will have chocolate waiting for you. <laughs> Take care everyone. Cheers. Thank you.